Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the podcast release of The Plex. Our live show is over three hours long most of the time. If you don't want to miss any of it, you can listen live Sundays, 7 p.m. Pacific. If you go to patreon.com slash echoplex and join at the $5 level or higher, you'll get the live show sent to you the day after we record it, uncut, unedited, straight off of IceCast 2. It's exactly 8 o'clock Pacific. That means it's time to hit the docket. Welcome to the Plex. Hello, podcast listeners. You missed the first hour of this show. Uh, we had a couple calls and whatever. You missed it, whatever. Um, we do the show live, by the way, every Sunday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific and beyond into red light, which you're also going to miss if you're a podcast listener, whatever. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like that not to apply to you, go to 
patreon.com slash echoplex and uh, subscribe at the five dollar level you can get the whole show or you can tune in live you just go echoplexmedia.com slash live it's got a list of our upcoming live shows i changed everything to black on the website it looks fucking stunning now now that i fixed everything (laughs) it's like dark mode but all the time um but you can join the chat room at discord.me slash echoplex uh i'm producer dave you can find me on grinder who are you ma'am uh this is the good wife you can find me on twitter at eplex good wife i'm handing it over to teacher allison you can find me on twitter at kiss of tillis or instagram at the dreamer underscore writer and hit me up if you have an idea on how to fix everything because that is what i'm working on this is hk perrin you can find me on MySpace in 2004 at uh, Hunter Perrin, I think it was, or maybe Guy with Cable. I don't know. <laughs> One of my old usernames. What's up? This is the councilman. You can find me in the kitchen with the pretzels and the peanut butter jar. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. Let's give the people what they want. Everything's fine and everything's fine and it's great. Everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. Thanks. Everything's fine, and everything's fine, and it's great. (laughs) Thanks. Everything's fine, and everything's fine. I hope you have a real nice day. The weather, the traffic, the time, and the news. How's your commute? What do you do? Sorry I'm late, I kept hitting snooze, it's just one of those days, you know what they say, it is what it is, ignorance is bliss, when it rains it pours, couldn't ask for more, what goes around comes around all in good time, I guess that your guess is as good as mine. Everything's fine and everything's fine and it's great! So our first story this week comes from Morgan Hill, and it's about goats. The thieves came in sometime after Thanksgiving, cutting this lock to this fence, stealing a trailer and loading it with goats, all 60 of them pregnant and due in February. <laughs> to Brian Allen. Hey, big guy, what are you doing? His goats. He's actually very friendly and just likes to be scratched. Aren't just animals. Oh, they're part of our family. They're so much a part of his family's daily lives. Many have Jeez, names. Right. This is Zorro. And now many are missing. Like Oreos missing. I didn't see cream. Sometime between November 23rd and the 25th, off Richmond Avenue, Brian says he discovered thieves stole up to 60 of his goats, nearly a third of the herd he uses for his business, Green Goat Landscapers. So we're talking a loss of about, you know, over $10,000. And for a small family business, it's a big hit. 
But the financial loss hits even deeper than that. So they're all pregnant. The goats were expected to give birth to up to nearly 200 goats and finally make Brian's four-year business profitable. Just really kind of set a big setback for us. It's going to make it hard this year. Brian searched a nearby auction, scoured Craigslist, and posted flyers. But each day he returns empty-handed. This is the trailer that was stolen. He's even offering a reward. That's how much he wants to return Oreo, cream, and the rest of the missing goats to his herd. I just don't think that they realize, you know, how devastating it is to a small family business. And Brian is not done searching for his goats, but sadly he believes he'll never see them again. On the Night Beat, I'm Maria Medina. All right, thanks everybody for listening to the Plex. <laughs> Good Lord. Can I say two things about this? First thing, I mean, maybe. this dude's got 60 goats and all of them are pregnant and he named one of them Cream. <laughs> this guy's probably got a thing for watching goats do it. He's got an Oreo, a cream. Did he have a chocolate or a cookie? You know what? <coughs> if turning goats into more goats turns your money into more money, <coughs> a lot of people going to have a hard on for that. True. Yeah. Second, if this dude's whole life depends on like these goats giving birth and selling the, the baby goats, why did he not have, and I'm sure it's a thing, why did he not have goat insurance? You know, if you've ever been in a car accident, you understand that sometimes your insurance just adds to the trauma. And I really don't know if any major or legitimate insurance Every company offers goat insurance. Goat insurance. Yeah, I I'm mean, sure there's they a, might, a company that offers goat insurance. It might be like a rider in homeowner's insurance or like rancher's insurance or farmer's insurance, but I'm guessing there's no specific grazing goat insurance. And this is really only a profitable business because um, cities nowadays, because they are deciding quite wisely to not develop beyond their uh, their boundaries, you know, develop beyond the uh, a nice urban core where they can provide services. They have a lot of grassland and open space, but they also need to make sure that it's fairly well maintained because they don't want to have a fire hazard. So they recruit people to raise goats. That's the thing that pisses me off about the thief is we actually need those goats to provide to maintain fire hazards Precisely. before the next fire season and you're stopping someone's ability to do that we are we are paying for those goats with our taxpayer dollars what if it was somebody from up north like redding who was going to i mean first of all sell those goats and turn the money into methamphetamine but also that person that they sold the goats to that gave them far less methamphetamine than the goats market value was going to turn those goats into a the same sort of thing up north where it's where the goats are eating the grass and it's going to prevent a fire i'm just wondering like there's any number i've just thought of like 17 scenarios for this right now because i'm like really stoned and i would like to point out here we are back again to echoplex media we just or the ju ends justifies the means the ends do justify the means okay so you know how people complain about feminists and animal lovers and vegans and it's unfortunate that PETA has made themselves that caricature that was um, presented because here's a story about PETA. I have many thoughts. I am for the ethical treatment of animals, but PETA seems like to. I have many thoughts. It seems like they seems like they're the Madison Star Moon of ethical treatment of animals. <laughs> <laughs> Billboard that just went up in San Jose has drivers doing double takes. And KPX5's Devin Feely shows us this egg-shaming ad from PETA is also ruffling some feathers tonight. It's often been PETA's strategy to be provocative, the idea being that it's okay to say something that 
may seem outlandish or offensive or maybe even out of left field if it brings attention to your cause, which in this case is the ethical treatment of animals in the farm industry. Many people who consider themselves feminists are unthinkingly supporting this violence towards females every single day by consuming these cruel foods. Is this real? This yes. new ad campaign is definitely in keeping with that tradition of being provocative. It basically says you can't eat eggs and still consider yourself a feminist. I'm just telling you <laughs> that there is some, okay, first of all, there's some chance that it wasn't me. Here's my conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. This video didn't come from PETA. Somebody put it out. So they said, oh, it's from PETA. And PETA had a decision to make. And they said, you know what? We're going to say this is ours because this is great. Oh, no. Th this is a billboard that they purchased with the words paid for by PETA at the bottom. And it says, <sighs> okay, it, so it's it basically has a faceless woman, a, a faceless, it's an egg superimposed over a woman's face. Like, so hair coming off it, but no face. It's an egg. And it says, Basically, if you uh, if you eat eggs, are you really a feminist? Question mark. I got two things. One, these people must also be pro life if you're worried about the eggs' well being. Is mm. it the oh, it's a female chicken's well being? Oh yeah, just crazy. Yeah. Um, but the other one is, can we stop <laughs> calling it being out in left field and start calling it out in right field? Because I do not like my side getting associated with that whole idea. But I, I used to play right field when I was in Little League. Why don't we just talk about the rabbit hole? Because this shit is down the rabbit hole. <laughs> it is absolutely down the rabbit hole. But let me bring it down to you. Let me bring it down to you. So, so this is what I like to call the fucking moronic corporate white man bringing you down. Get out of my fucking feminist lane, you fucking pricks. Right, I know it's you. I know it's some fucking consultant who came to them and was mm. like, "Let me, let me tell you how to get your name out there. Get woke. Get, you're gonna talk. You're gonna talk like this, and then we're gonna we're gonna force the issue to a huge group of people who just were successful. So we're gonna ride their fucking train. Get off my train, bitches. And the Peter Board is like, "You are blowing my mind. Here's three hundred thousand dollars. Here's another clip about the billboard." Now, we talked to some women today who consider themselves both feminists and animal lovers, and they had strong reactions to this ad. We have a movement right now that is, take, that is, is loud and it's, it's strong, and it's being heard for finally. And to, to tie it to something like um, uh, animal rights, then, you know, that's going to go down a whole other path. I was shocked that they actually yeah, like no could put that up offended. there like i thought it was just really stupid yes. yeah yeah i'm just yeah. like i like, just seem like on. really ignorant honestly shocked that they actually like could put that up there like i thought it was just really stupid like i thought it was just really stupid like i thought it was just really stupid <laughs> yeah i'm just like i like and just seem like really ignorant, honestly. <laughs> in a press release, PETA said that they hope that their message oh, finds no. a receptive audience here in Silicon Valley. Quote, San Jose is a city of strong women and thoughtful students, which makes it the perfect place to spark a conversation about the blatant misogyny of the egg and dairy industries. And although the ad doesn't address it specifically, <laughs> PETA is taking aim at twin targets, both the egg and the dairy industry. In San Jose, Devin Feely, KPIX5. Really quick, before uh, the, the... Everybody's really mad. The councilman is off in the voice of reason. Maybe he'll talk everybody down. I just wanted to say, point out that the if you're watching the video listener later on, uh, patrons, the, the ladies that they interview are interviewed outside of a breakfast establishment 
where people are probably consuming lots of eggs, and the only caption, <laughs> the only caption beneath their names is it's like egg eating bitch. No, no, it's feminist. Oh. Feminist. So they basically it's, they spoke to two feminists outside of the flames. The, the second chick place. was just a Becky. Uh, correct. Okay. The like, second chick was yes. She was like, like a caricature uh-huh. of like a 1980s valley girl from a fucking movie. Like in the skater movie, the cute skater would get with the cute girl that talked like that. Like, like the second lady. I'm not even sure she was real. I really want eggs. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Teacher Allison. I was just going to say, she's all upset on how females in the dairy industry are treated. It's like, dude, guys can't make that shit. You want it. Women make all the good shit. You've got to deal with this. And if... Men are farmed if, for their sperm. If roosters produce delicious butt treasures, <laughs> we would eat those too. Right. And do, right? when we don't eat roosters, you know, in our sandwiches, we eat hens, basically. Right? Chickens. Yeah. Well, once they're once they're done giving eggs, they can't do that anymore. What are right. they good for? Oh, we, meat. We it's because we throw away all the male ones. And the female weed plants are the ones that generate no, the most flower, right? I'm serious. Again, when we women when we spot plant. a a little chick that's a male, we're just like, oh, I'll throw that one away. That's so worthless. what I'm hearing is women do all the work. Yep. Men get to die young. It's, it's not our fault. That's just genetics. I mean, I'm with it so far. If, if all the men <laughs> cool. get to die young, but we don't have to work because the women are doing yeah, all the work and me. making all the important decisions. Yep. I can just sit here and do my podcast. No decisions, just eggs. Uh, oh, and no. milk. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> the guys are clapping. I guess. Clapping. It's like the dudes are This is why men have ruled the world for so long, and why we're so sick of it. <laughs> Hashtag feminism. <laughs> I did a remark on this the other day, though. Uh, I'm like, oh, uh, we've got some sprouts coming up in the backyard. I can't tell if they're male or female yet. Uh, only the really the females are the ones that produce. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all the good wife said was, mm-hmm. Best response I'm saying, ever. Yes, I recognize the irony of that statement. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're going to move right along. Uh, we have a quasi-local story. It's in Tahoe. And um, that's close enough. People who bought multiple houses in Tahoe are fucked. And here's why. South Lake Tahoe voters voices on home vacation rentals have now been heard. You can still come for a visit. You just can't stay in the home next door. So the ban goes into effect in three years, but starting this Monday, if you have a vacation rental home here in South Lake Tahoe, you will not be allowed to have more than 10 people in it at any one time. Interesting changes. All right, Steve. Oh, Thanks. Live in South Lake Tahoe. So who the fuck cares? So high schoolers, <laughs> like seventeen people live in South Lake Tahoe. Everybody else is there to party and doesn't yeah. live there. So fifteen of those seventeen people that live there were able to be like, no more party. And now the thousands of people that go there to party every year are shit out of luck, and that whole city just, just has no more economy. Two houses. Right. Well, it, at this point, you're only going to get wealthy people who can afford to have that much square footage per dollar um, or and that that city is its economy is going to tank. South Lake Tahoe is based on tourism and you basically stop the tourists from staying. They said right. 10 people to a house, right? No, that's be, that's that's the regulation they should have done, because if you bring 20 of your friends to party, you better be you better be. I would say no more than five to a house. Oh, it's a mansion. Well, tough shit. Like, you can rent it to five people. Go fuck yourself. Because that way, you're not having 50 people in some fucking house while some lady on her dialysis machine next door is, like, trying to sleep. Like, but no more rentals. I think this is great. This is going to be a really wonderful disaster for us to keep our eyes on going forward. I think that that watching, like, the city's economy uh, 
get yeah. destroyed because of like yeah and i have an inside track on rental owners i have family members that own rental property in lake tahoe so i'm going to be keeping up with them to see how that is going to affect them because i know they to kind of double down the last couple of years there and that's going to be rough yeah i gotta imagine maybe you could get us an update but i gotta imagine uh, to hk's point i'm guessing it's tiered kind of a policy right that depends yeah. on the square footage and the number of bedrooms and that kind of thing i'm guessing i'm a little confused to Lo- the policy the local policy news is- local news tends to get local government and policy very screwed up so they might not be reporting it well but I'm, so i'm guessing it's something like that where it's like if you have four bedrooms you know 10 people maximum something like that right no no the this is all haphazard in three years oh, that's that's no more oh, renting your fucking house Right now, you can't have more than. Oh, so it's 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 on a sunset kind of a path. In in three years, no more renting your fucking house out. For now, you can't rent it to more than ten people at once, which is a a reasonable common sense regulation. Not even by square footage, just like like you can have ten people, and then if you have thirteen people, well, then I guess you have to rent two houses. Like it's yeah. good for the economy anyway. You're making people rent more houses. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I mean, more douchebags. Like if douchebags are going to come in and like do keg stands and shit in like all the houses that nobody actually lives in, actually in your neighborhood, <laughs> actually, you should make them rent as many of those houses as possible because they're idiots. Well, and that that's the problem here is like a bunch of douchebags are going up there to like record a podcast or whatever. They're like, how do we how do we ship this desk up there for a weekend? Like I mean, if it was us. And, and they like have a big old party and like their neighbors are pissed off and that's what's going on. And since nobody really lives there, there was, I bet the election where they outlawed rental houses was less than a thousand people, Probably. but any given weekend, there's way more than that there. They just don't live there mm-hmm. because it's like a vacation spot. I'm, I'm curious about this policy. I'm going to check it out because I think it actually might be more to your point because I, I don't see a city council or uh, the town council or whatever or any sort of local government in South Lake Tahoe deciding to do this themselves because it's just ridiculous. They know, they know that it <laughs> no, would kill the citizens their, voted on it. Even even then, I you still have to vote. I think, isn't it? Don't they still have to be able to put it, certify to put it on the ballot? It, yeah, but no, if, no, even no, then, I still, even then, I don't see this. I, I could see the citizens. This, it, it's it's this actually might be two pronged. It might help with you know reducing congestion, reducing traffic, reducing problems in the neighborhoods, and also increasing revenue by forcing people to get more than one rental and more than one place and further dropping more money into the local economy. This actually might be a a win-win. I just think this is a perfect example of the fact that we have an inadequate inadequate economics education in public schools, and we need more better and in-depth economics in one semester right before you leave high school. Teacher Allison, I have now appointed you Secretary of Education. Thank you very much. Deputy in charge of uh, education regarding these issues. Cool. I will happily take that position. Economics. So, I have... A very good story. Uh, we're done with the local docket. Oh, I have a story about cannabis gummy bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, a local official and the super geniuses at Fox and Friends. But no one talks about this. THC is addicting. People act. I know so many people. They say they were told one thing and they end up get addicted mm-hmm. to it, and that's an addicting substance. There, there is a uh, a price to pay for pot. There absolutely is a price to pay for pot. You know, I spent my entire adult life in law enforcement and a lot of it investigating traffickers of drugs. 
And it's not a minor nonviolent felony. It's ruining families and killing people every day across the United States. And we stand here in denial thinking it's, that it's well, not a gateway drug to drugs. That's yeah, you don't start people. on cocaine. You probably start with marijuana and it leads to other things, right? That's absolutely right. Birth is a Who gateway is this? drug. This is Fox and Friends and some fucking official from Florida who probably like f- has an American flag attached to his truck. Like a big one, too. You know what I'm talking about? I spent the better part of my adult life beating the shit out of kids. I got two Just because they wanted to get a little high. All right. Uh, two things. The first one, I'm actually going to paraphrase one of the uh, something from the book I read, which is the legal penalties in law enforcement we have is a reflection of our current stereotypes. Um, hence the reason drugs are bad. And two, these people are not getting the research done. We have an opioid crisis in this country that is perpetuated by pharmaceutical companies, not weed. Mm-hmm. And that is addictive. Yeah, and that stuff is crazy. Like, you want to talk about ruining families? It's There's so many of those stories. And the weed ones are just like, dude, I decided to like move back in with my parents so I could work part-time. And you know what? Yeah, I love I. my life. Well, yeah, the <laughs> weed story is like, I am just trying to do this this other thing so that I have more time to get high. Like, that's not the worst thing that's going to happen to you from drugs. Like, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is... I, f- I woke up like on a, on the fucking center divide of a fucking freeway and I was quite sure how I got there. That's not a weed story. No. The weed the story is like I thought I was going to go out. No, no that's, that, <laughs> and that's I never sto- left the couch. <laughs> that's a story about a local planning commissioner is what that is. <laughs> the only actual the only actual crisis that has ever been caused by weed is like every once in a while some state or or municipality will legalize weed and all of a sudden they'll run out. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a crisis. That is that's a crisis. very true. That's true. That has happened. Well, that's why twice that I know of. Mm-hmm. That's why Nevada, what's, that's Nevada what's and then uh, Colorado, someplace in Canada. Oh, they ran out of weed. Oh yeah, because they legalized it this year. Was it just all of Canada? All of I Canada. Was, yeah, all of Canada ran out of weed. I think that California could have could have stepped up and been a better neighbor. But I feel like we should have just offered. <laughs> Absolutely, I f- we California just weed. passed the bud. California, <laughs> were, in fact, free of charge. We should just make it rain weed. If California was its own nation, it would boss baller just have made it rain weed instead of the candy bomber. We have the weed bomber, and we just just like here, everybody have some weed, enjoy life. Well, uh, that raining packets of weed across yeah, densely California populated should, areas. California should declare war on Arkansas and just like fly <laughs> bombers over Arkansas and rain the kind bud down on the fucking hillbillies. No, we should do that with Washington, D.C. Hmm. Just rain weed all over the politicians. It is legal there. It the weed's legal there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Unless you're a politician. It'll ruin <laughs> oh. your career. Otherwise, I was like, no wonder they're not getting anything done. Everybody's stoned. All right, so we're going to move along. Oh, all right. Um, so, Sebastian Gorka. Greetings. He's on C-SPAN, no. which is really weird. Oh. And he's being subjected to having to listen to Bernie Sanders talk. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Here's the clip. It's pretty good. Now, maybe Mr. Trump likes authoritarian leaders like uh, Putin or Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia uh, because they share his contempt for democracy. Maybe that's the reason. Or maybe there's another reason. And maybe there are financial uh, aspects to that relationship that we need to know about. Sebastian Gorka, your reaction to Bernie Sanders. 
If he weren't a senator, that would be risible. A man who is lecturing us on whether the president likes dictators. Uh, Bernie Sanders, can I remind you that you honeymooned in the Soviet Union? Not the Russian Federation, the Soviet Union. A man lecturing us on accountability who wouldn't even keep his own party accountable when the Democrats, uh, namely Hillary Clinton, stole the nomination from Bernie Sanders with her so-called so superdelegates. It's the, the idea that he is concerned None of this is with Russian meddling. So now the Democrats don't like Moscow? No. We haven't liked them since like 1947. Nope. Before that. We as a country. Before that even. It before used that, to be. But we were allied until 45. 1918 even. Sure. I'd, I'd say we probably were a little suspicious of them once they went red. Yeah, we, we were, were then. But we, were, we were waiting for a moment. But we couldn't because, you know, we yeah. needed them to help, you know, kill Hitler. Either way. We've never liked them. Yeah. <laughs> the Nazis. We need, to, we need their help punching the Nazis. <laughs> Sebastian Gorka is just... An going, unpunched Nazi. He's just going on C-SPAN and saying things that aren't true because that's his job. That's cool. You know, it makes, a good, it makes for good fodder. I like to make fun of him. Yeah. But people with that job should be fired. He doesn't really he, have a job necessarily. <laughs> he's just some guy that goes on TV. He yeah. described Hillary Clinton as having stolen the election from Bernie Sanders. And like... I agree that what happened to Bernie Sanders wasn't fair, but it wasn't against the rules. So there was no stealing. If we're going to talk about stealing, we're going to talk about the fucking like, you know, I don't know. North Carolina. North Carolina <laughs> race that had just happened. Seriously. And That's so, I mean, like, let's talk stealing. Come just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Sebastian Gorka, you were fired at one point. You were towing a line. Seb Gork. We're going to go on to The View. Oh. Yes. So I want to say something really quick. Um, about The View? I don't, <laughs> well, I don't want to I don't want to say anything really bad about Meghan McCain. I, the only thing I will say about Meghan McCain is that um, if her father was not a famous senator who was some kind of person who was always on the news, you wouldn't know who Meghan McCain is and she wouldn't be on The View. Here we go. I want to say one thing about him that was not picked up really because as a candidate he said, those who think we're powerless to do anything about the greenhouse effect are forgetting about the White House effect. And then he signed into law the Clean Air Act Amendment of 1990, one of the most sweeping environmental yeah. statutes yeah. ever. Yeah. This president that we have now is trying to unravel everything that he did and Obama did. And if I ever become a one-issue voter it will be about pollution and the greenhouse effect. And, and Can the we fact focus that, on the president, yeah. please? I, I, know, just, I don't want to talk about Trump. Well, I do for a moment. So, of, we're honoring a great uh, president in the past. I, I want to talk about but the we're honoring, But I'm not interested in your one issue. I don't care what you're interested in. I'm talking. Well, I don't care you what you're what? interested Damn in We'll either, be right back. Boy. Later, Christmas controversy. Was that whoopee like the voice of reason? We'll be right back. Well, no, there's no voice of reason like that lady Joy Behar is like a liberal and she said here's what George Herbert Walker Bush did and it was like some stuff about the environment and she said if it was going to be a one uh, and then fucking my daddy was important I need to talk to the manager immediately the manager's manager came in and was like oh well you blah 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 and blah 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 and it was like she was trying to say a nice thing and it was just yeah and pointing out something that's really important and it's something that we do need to talk about mm -hmm. so i applaud her for pointing that out and the fact that she made a great point that it was a one one side of the aisle 
made the air act happen and another side of the aisle kept it going like that is a bipartisan issue as far as our laws are concerned historically so everything she said was on point with what they were doing everything's fine and it's great it has become no longer a bipartisan issue though it has become one side going weren't we all in agreement on this and the other side going no fuck the environment Oh, yeah, and breaking news today, we don't have a follow-up to the Paris Agreement because of the U.S., Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Kuwait. So, now we have nothing set in place anywhere around the world to stop this officially. Everything's fine. Yeah, and it's great. Well, because that one went so well, I have, <laughs> I have Thomas Laris, I think is her name, Tammy Lamborghini. She's going to talk about disease control. And, of course, immigration. Migrants who came with the caravan are suffering from respiratory infections, tuberculosis, chickenpox, and other serious health issues. Yeah, out of 6,000 migrants currently residing in the city, over a third of them are being treated for health-related issues. There are three confirmed cases of tuberculosis, four cases of HIV-AIDS, and four separate cases of chickenpox. Oh, and over 100 migrants have lice and multiple instances of skin infections. Oh, and there's also the threat of a hepatitis outbreak. And did you know that the only reason most of those diseases exist is because white European settlers wiped out all the Native Americans? Like the dun, dun, Follow me I on dun, social media for beautiful fun and inspiration. <laughs> I agree with Turkey Linguini, though, that I'm scared and it You're must scared. be because of immigrants. Oh, heaven forbid we're doing it to ourselves. Or they're natural diseases. Are you that germaphobic that one disease shows up and you're like, ah! Or maybe it's the anti-vaxxers. <gasps> they're part of this. Look, it Tom, is their fault. I'm going to tell you it's one thing, Tommy Lasorda. You can't scare me. The migrant caravan is a beautiful thing. I will go out there and mingle with them and be one with them and take all of their diseases. And I will turn it around and give you the measles. Like, <laughs> if you if you took their disease, could you at least get like some tamales in exchange <laughs> thousands of these migrants were being housed at the sports complex near the san Isidro u.s mexico port of entry despite the fact the complex can only hold about a thousand but apparently these migrants also had a coughing and spitting problem because a no spitting sign had to be put up at the shelter but it's so gross migrants are now moving to a new government-run facility because the sports complex was overrun with mud lice and respiratory infections the city of Tijuana says it's spending close to $30,000 a day to care for these people. So what happens if we die. usher them on into the United States? Oh people in border states die. like mine better pull their heads out of the sand real quick. Do you want TB, HIV, AIDS, chickenpox, and hepatitis in your communities at your children's schools? Because I have a feeling the warm and fuzzy spirit of compassion doesn't treat or prevent diseases like those. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, time out. Okay. Okay, Tommy Lasorda. Do, do you do you realize the germs that are going around your child's elementary school right now? Do you know? Way worse than the caravan. The, the norovirus. Have you heard of the norovirus that'll make them puke and shit all over your house with uh, and cry for like days and days? Because they're in such pain, you know, and that's just one of the casual things that goes around. I like the flu. Yeah, like I, you're just trying to scare people, man. And it's fucking, it's dropping me, it's killing my vibe, man. I'm, I'm, I'm my buzz is just gone at this point because Tommy Lasorda is just bringing me down. What Ladanian Tomlinson is <laughs> neglecting to mention, though, is that those diseases already exist in every county. 
correct. In America, every county has America. HIV. Every county has chicken pox. Those aren't new. Who hasn't had HIV? I've had chicken pox. I had chicken chicken pox? And the only way you're going to catch HIV from an immigrant is if you fuck an HIV positive <laughs> immigrant. And you only get chicken pox once. Like, that's the whole thing. You get it, and then you go through it. You know what? And then you live. Yeah, the ones that have chicken pox, once they don't have chicken pox anymore, they're fine. They've already had it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, why are you so freaked out about it? Didn't you have chicken pox? I'm sure, sorta? I'm sure that you just misunderstood her and we've taken her out of context. So here's the rest of her rant. It's truly sad these people are suffering like this. And I'm sure many Americans think the threat of crime and disease isn't that bad. But just look at Tijuana. This is what happens when thousands of people are told all they need to do is get up to Mexico, then shimmy on up to the United States. They come by the thousands and they overwhelm all the resources. Wouldn't Tia want to say that about people from San Diego? Like, they just shimmy on down here and they take all our resources by the thousands. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, right now? Okay, tapas locas. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut into you here. This is this is getting to be ridiculous. I, I'm so sick of this narrative um, that somehow forget the migrant caravan that immigrants and uh, uh, people of all nations are not welcome should not be welcome here are not an integral part of our society. That's just you're missing the point. Yeah, you're missing the point, and you have no idea what's really going on. And all you're doing is just regurgitating crap that you're hearing on Fox News. And I don't want to talk to you anymore about it because you're obviously not going to hear it. I've spent half I've, I've spent half hours hours of my time out there in the community talking to people, voters who believe these things, and it's just a waste of time. Just move on. Next door. So we're, we're also doing- did. Sorry, did uh, T-Bone El Cap here forget that the <laughs> the migrant caravan thing was an election season issue? It's over now. She she doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, but you know Trump also got the electoral vote, and some things just never go away. I'm sorry, but this this is the precursor to. I I, I really do feel this is the precursor to some. Uh, I'm very concerned that this guy is going to attempt to hold on to this as long as he possibly can because now he might be realizing that he's going to get indicted the minute he leaves office. So I'm, I'm worried that we're going to be facing a real serious crisis here with a guy who actually controls the military, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. I'm a little, I am a little, he's, I'm legit. You're saying cons- he's going to try and get rid of term limits. I am legit concerned about all of this, yes. Okay, so I heard something concerning earlier and it was Louis Gomer on the <laughs> Stuart <laughs> Sorry, we're getting a little show. serious. No, it's fine. Well, I mean, this is real life, the thing I'm going to play, too. (laughs) (laughs) Red light imitates real life. It is. uh, Here we go. You mentioned George uh, Orwell's uh, uh, big brother. I've been saying for a long time now, the only thing Orwell got wrong was the year. Uh, Otherwise, he was right (laughs) on track. But but uh, look, Google has repeatedly sold their souls and that's your your editorial is dead on right. They want the 1.2 billion or so um, uh, folks in in China part of their system, and they're, they've been willing to to literally sell their soul. And you mentioned Orwell. It also reminds me of another George uh, George Soros, you know, because Google is born in a in a free country, and then they go over and oppress 
others help oppress in another country. Uh, George Soros is supposed to be Jewish, but you wouldn't know it from the damage he's inflicted on Israel and uh, the fact that he turned on fellow Jews and helped um, well, take the property that they own. Oh, uh, I don't I, think he made an actual point at any point in that whole thing. So he was talking about Google going into China, opening up their search engine, but censoring everything that the Chinese government wants them to censor, which... As a former Googler myself, I agree is a dumb move, and it's against Google's mission statement. Do you think that? Okay, do you think that Louis Gomer has even uh, a surface level understanding of that issue? No, probably not. The no, thing that he said after it, I want to, I want to like during the podcast version of this show. This used to only be the red light shit. When people talk about George Soros in World War II, that dude was born in 1930. When the war ended, he was 14. So I kind of don't care what he had to do to survive. Because he was fucking like ages like 11, 12. And you could die if you were a Jewish person in Germany during World War II. They would not see you. And so whatever that kid had to do to survive is irrelevant. And I just don't, this thing about, oh, well, he was, if he had to fucking collaborate with the Nazis when he was 11, well, I guess you do what you got to do. You're 11 and you don't want to be dead. It's not like yep. he, yeah, he was a kid. So, and Louis Garmert can go fuck himself. Louis Garmert just has a hard on for George Soros. Get out of here. Anyway, I'm sorry that I played that for you. <laughs> no, you're not. So I have a... I'll just say this. At least George Soros has taken all this heat for now instead of whoever the next uh, candidate for the Democrat and standard bearer for the Democratic Party might be. Man, I hope fucking George Soros runs for president. Well, it won't, it won't be him. Off. I mean, if there's a billionaire that runs, it's going to be Tom Steyer. It's not going to be George Soros. He has no interest in running for anything. No, they'd assassinate him. He does. He can do so much more good. And from the position he's in right now. So my next clip is Gavin McGinnis. Ugh. He's um nice. generally the kind of guy who would be against hate crime laws because he would usually be the one committing hate crimes, right? And so he doesn't want, like, if he, like, calls some dude the N-word and beats him up because he's black, because that's a thing that maybe Gavin McGinnis would do, in my opinion. He doesn't want, like, the government to punish him more harshly. But now I think he's changed his tune on hate crime laws. We brought this up before. Isn't that the same? Isn't that a, a, an epithet? Yeah, it's kind of the worst thing. Uh, I, I want to start from, from base here. Uh, lady, are Nazis bad? Yes. Is that a pretty serious thing to be? Oh, yeah. So why would you just <laughs> flippantly call somebody that? Yeah, based you, on call, their shirt? you call someone a faggot? That's harsh. It's just, and don't bleep that out because it's relevant to it's this, this story. I'm talking about words. So you sure. sh it, it's not, uh, I'm not using it in a derogatory way. Right. But how is Nazi not as bad as faggot? Yeah, yeah. I think they're both pretty bad. What? There, it's it's pretty much saying murderer of uh, on a mass level. Yeah, like say you beat up a guy and you were screaming Nazis, you beat him up. Couldn't you argue that's a hate crime? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I don't know. And it, and yeah. Because when you beat up a gay guy and you say that word, the F word, um, it's it's seen as homophobic because he's not that word. He's a homosexual. He's not a sure. F word. So it's derogatory. Yeah. 
So if you're getting beat up and someone says Nazi, you're obviously not a Nazi, then they're using a derogatory word right. and it's, they're using ideology to beat you up to justify it. So it's it sounds like the same thing to me. Crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Punch right. a Nazi should be a hate crime. What? You're right. Uh, there's a difference the between a bad name and a label. The English teacher deep within me, teacher yes. Allison, I have never taught. I don't want to purport like I have been in the classroom, but I have an English teacher deep within me and is dying right now because this these hey, people. Hey, what's his name? His name is Mr. Stuff and Stuffs, and he's really <laughs> stuffy, and he's really upset about gram- grammar and you know proper use of you know words. Speaking of Nazis, and for God's <laughs> job, before I know we're going to get into this, I'm going to say one thing, and then I'll let you guys no, no, go, do, go do nuts. Your, do your thing, but not so the not the Nazi party is a thing. It is a proper noun. It is a thing. People joined the party. They were members of this party, just like the Democrats, Republicans in Germany. This was a thing. Hitler was the leader of the Nazi party, right? What you're saying it is ex- both sides do it. It still exists. Right there is the the Nazi Party exists in America. Yeah, they have a Facebook page. They have a Facebook page, right? They when we allow them to exist because fuck, we're you know we're all for freedom of speech. So it's a thing, right? Pardon my French, but faggot is not. It's a derogatory term for a person for a type of person. It is not a thing. It's not a club you can join. I can't say I'm going to join the faggot club or the faggot party. I I, I feel like there's this, but inside the community, it's a little bit different, right? Because I could definitely join the faggot party inside the gay community. Correct. But uh, (laughs) that's that's different. Correct. But that's that's, in the context they're talking about it. But yeah, but the context I'm talking about is directly designed to troll the context in which they're talking about it. Correct. Yeah. It's it's absolutely just like the church of Satan. Like the end. It's the word Church of Satan, is used right. by our African American friends. But his problem, like the essential problem with his thing, is Nazis are inherently bad. There are no redeeming qualities to being, having ever been, or thinking about being one. Being a faggot is neutral. Like there's no good, bad. It's a thing. And there's, uh, unless you, you put yourself put one on it, but there's literally nothing wrong, bad, indifferent about being a faggot. If like you're that's gay, yeah, you're different. Gay. But being Nazi, like there is never a good instance for that. Right, I've met plenty of lovely faggots. Right. Like, not Milo. Have you ever met a lovely Nazi? Have you met a Nazi faggot? Uh, You know what? There's this guy, Travis, in this group, Illumitardi, and he seems like a Nazi, and he seems lovely. I don't believe you. He's just hot. (laughs) Your, your, Your judgment is clouded. But to, to your point, you, you can't choose. You don't choose to be gay. You can choose. You have to choose to be a Nazi. Right? Yeah, that you is like the, you, that is a conscious choice. I am going to be. A my Nazi. moral compass has disappeared. I am Correct. going to be a Nazi. Right. That's that's the point I'm I making. I just would the like to interject flawed. here and say that fuck him for saying that it is a hate crime for unpunched Nazis, <laughs> unpunched Nazis, unpunched Nazis. I will find you. I, I don't want it's my because wife because of to hate, but it shouldn't be a crime. It's like reverse purge. Mm-hmm. Like. I hate someone who hates other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a pastor. Wait. His name is Jesse Duplantis. I hate Mm-mm. myself. Then. Oh, that guy. This is Jesse Duplantis, <laughs> and um, he's going to. I don't know. He's just going to say some dumb stuff. Here's another question from Sheila. She says, "This will children and babies go up in the rapture?" Yes. All children, all babies, people that are of, of age, they're not of age of accountability. You understand what I'm saying, Sheila? Think about that. My God. I mean, God don't lose babies, even aborted babies. If the world don't accept them, God accepts them and brings them in the very presence of who he is. It's come, Oh, man. It's going to be a wonderful time. Well, that's not fair. That means heaven's going to be a giant nursery because there's no adult worth that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Give them a chance to be heathens before you take them up to that shitty bummed out party. You got to have them babies now. Make sure sure your brethren is living on past the judgment days. Got to make your babies now. My God, could you imagine being in a place Mm -hmm. where every single person you will ever meet is a God-loving Christian? Show. The rodeo in Laredo, Texas. Yeah, I, I come from that upbringing, and the strange thing is, coming from a like kind of going back into my when I believed all that nonsense. I, yeah, he's still crazy. Like it. Not only that, but like you're so focused on what's going to happen after you're dead. I'm like, can you please focus on the present? Like, there's a verse about that. Like, deal with now and the life you're in, and and stop worrying about that shit. Especially for your kids, they'll be fine. Like you said. <laughs> Not only that, but like, imagine you're in this place with all these God-loving Christians and God's actually there. Just like, oh yes, praise me. Oh, I love it so much. It's called a revival. That shit happens. (laughs) We're we're seeing versions of that happen on the internet right now. Mm -hmm. But it's not God. It's unfortunately, it's like... Mass hallucinations. (laughs) Xenu. It's like, By the way, when I used my God voice there, I was rubbing my nipples. <laughs> I mean, if you were a God, why wouldn't? I mean, if it feels good, you know, yeah, you're a God, like yeah. not much else can make you feel good. You're you're so much better than everything else. You're like, oh, <laughs> fun. That's adorable. <laughs> God made orgasms. Why would you do anything else than have them? You know, it's funny. We're talking about God because I have crazy old Uncle Pat and he's going to talk <laughs> about George H.W. Herbert Walker Bush. Herbert Walker Bush. <laughs> dying but he's mostly just going to talk about pat robertson i called john sununu who at that time was chief of staff and i said look i've got an important message for your uh your boss and he said okay i can set it up wednesday and i said okay i'll come up and he was in the oval office and just that time uh his representative in geneva had been meeting with the representative of sam hussein and the talks had broken down and i said Mr. President, I've got a word from the Lord for you. He said, what is it? I said, there's going to be a war. It's going to be enormously successful. You're going to be hailed as a great uh, military leader. And uh, your success is going to go through the roof. And he said, well, I I appreciate that. I said, well, why, why don't we pray about it? And so we joined hands together and we asked for God's anointing and his wisdom on this man. And he went from there into the cabinet room and they launched the Gulf War. This guy needs a better hype man. Amen. That is so Christian porn right there. I had a prophecy and I told him and it came true. Wow. Wow. I wish I could verify that, but I can't. I feel like the world's gone. I feel like the world's gone so crazy that the like this is just like your garden variety Pat Robertson clip. And I feel like it like doesn't even like like withstand the scrutiny of the docket like this is this might as well just be npr telling you what happened in the news today right like this is do you remember when we used to laugh at pat robertson and now we're like no. this is i look at it as being kind of adorable in a way i don't know if that makes sense if delusions are adorable pat robertson is the care bear i'm just telling you if i'm just telling you if if we had to have a world run by pat robertson or fucking steve bannon 
I would pick Pat Robertson in a minute. Yeah, true. It's pretty cynical, actually. I'd say mm, look, I'd way of looking myself. at things the way the, <laughs> the way that Uncle Pat's looking at it right here. No, Uncle Pat I is totally cynical. I just don't think he mm. meets the threshold for mm, like I think world. like I was reaching. I was like reaching to try to get a clip of crazy old Uncle Pat, right? Because I had put him on a collage that I made as a promo for the show. Like it all works together. You see, we're we're we're, we're putting out a product here in case you don't know, <laughs> listener. Marketing, marketing, marketing and communications. Marketing. <laughs> Let me tell you, marketing is very important with your business. What do you do when the world just becomes more and more crazy? You just got to market more. You got to market more, more, on more opportunities. Just like, it's, you just it's, have to get used to it. Yes. I have remember we, telling this kid like years ago. We're going to lay Pat. Hey, hold on. Can I ask a question? You know how we fired yeah. Tucker Carlson? Yes. Are we going to have to like lay Pat Robertson off because there's not enough work for him? <laughs> we could put him, we could put him on, so we could put him funny. on contract. We could like, put him on contract. We're going so to have to, have to pay him to benefits, but we can put him on contract. He's like, old gonna, enough. We can lay him to rest. Like, listen, until you're at least as crazy. Until we'll you're at retainer. least as crazy as Liz Corkin, we're going to have to put you on call. And and we'll pay you for the hours that you work. But you're... At a reasonable rate. Like, Yeah, until he's at least as crazy as... um, <laughs> At least 30 show bucks an hour, we'll give you. <laughs> but I remember years ago telling this kid when Donald Trump was running that, like, don't worry, this isn't normal. We'll go back to normal soon. <laughs> And we never went back to normal. Hey, you know what? That you know kid probably you still you now. <laughs> the, you know what? You met us right around the same time, so it's starting to look more and more like the whole thing is our fault. <laughs> you know, now you that know. I think about it, that's I met correlation you guys about a year before. does yeah. mean causation. It's just starting to look like I should take credit for this immediately. <laughs> well, the only reason I knew all these crazy people existed was because of the podcast originally. And, and now so, they're just like in the news. Right. And now I understand that the world has gone red light because I know what red light is and i wouldn't have known it without the show are you saying there's ten thousand people in wisconsin who mistakenly listened to this show and got the entirely wrong impression and voted for donald trump no no, no that's no. not our okay. fault okay, no what what, what happened no, 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 no. just checking just checking there was one guy who voted because that's what happened times. yeah that's what happened people freaking voted for this guy they were wrong and not enough good people turned out and they were also wrong so i think let's the good not do people that again. thought oh Let's not, okay. Let's not do that. Let's not do that They told again. us on the Plex Whoever that it'll be fine. Yeah, right. Everything's fine. And it's great. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks. Don't do that again. <laughs> Vote every time. That's the point. So I know we have a teacher here. And uh, I would like to ask you about um, this. This is, this is the worst <laughs> educational experience that oh, I think God. anyone could ever possibly have. And I'd like to know your thoughts, if you don't mind. We're 10 minutes to, re- uh, nine minutes to red light. Ooh, Hello okay. and welcome to world breaking news. I'm Pete. For years now, <laughs> online schools have skyrocketed in popularity. And within this new model of education, seminaries have prospered exceedingly well. Now, there has risen a brand new online seminary with a vision for expanding beyond the ordinary. Luther Wycliffe. Theological Seminary is a doctrinally sound evangelical online school with an independent accreditation. Luther Wycliffe offers all of the traditional degrees which are given by other seminaries around the globe, but it has one degree no one else in the world has because it was created by Luther Wycliffe's own president and founder, Dr. Jack Nelson. So as an educator, can you just, we don't know what the thing that they've made up is to go with the other things that they've made up but, but right. 
the, there's money behind this how does that make you feel yeah um i feel like online schools are kind of what the internet is to me where it is a brilliant idea it's going to reach more people it's going to help um, different modalities of students learn better but there's money to be made and there's corruption to be had and eventually all the crazy people get control of it and you wonder what happened to that wonderful beautiful thing that you thought was the best thing literally ever invented here's clip two of the good. here's clip two of this exciting uh, educational opportunity <laughs> for people with imaginary friends this newly created theological degree is a postgraduate level course of study called oh God, the doctor of eschatology degree program es- eschatology Tology. for those not familiar with the term has to do with the world's and time events and how the bible explains these events Right. which will unfold. Eschatology has been one of the hottest topics in Christianity for decades now, and there is no sign of a downturn in sight. There's been millions upon millions of books and films sold concerning this most important and intriguing subject. Dr. Melson feels that this hallmark event finally fulfills the need of thousands of prophecy students which, until now, has not been able to channel their academic interest into a viable and honored degree program. So this is basically every I want to be a famous Christian's excuse for, oh, I had these great ideas. Like, this is what I realized is any good idea or bad idea a Christian has comes from their own thoughts, and they just blame a third party for that thought. Mm -hmm. And so these... So they're underestimating themselves, which is like... We all do that in little tiny, like, exactly. like just self-destructive ways, but they're doing it like in the big picture. Right. And so now they want those random thoughts they have to relate to the end of the world because I, I legitimately think Christianity would die a very quick and wonderful death if the idea of the eminent end of the world wasn't a thing. It's always been a thing. My mom and I used to joke about this growing up. 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 88, like Y2K was going to be the, like, the Left Behind series, which is pretty much the only thing they can read to get that degree, by the way. 2012. Isn't every... Yeah, 2012. It's always the end of the world. Mm -hmm. And if you took that out, if you took eschatology out as an idea, they'd have nothing to scare people with. But You know what, though? Sorry. I'm thinking an eschatology degree would go really good with my SpongeBobology degree. (laughs) Agreed. That, and you can't have a degree in something that's not universally accepted. Like, I'm going to go to school for economics, and I've been to school for education, psychology, biology, like things that you can go to other places, and there's some sort of peer review or understanding that this is a legitimate thing. And that's why science and regular university education makes sense, is because there is this agreement that this is a legitimate subject, and this is good for the public to have it taught. You came... at there's yeah no <laughs> like like you can have a degree in math yeah but you can't have a degree in ah uh, numbers of the devil exactly mm. well well i mean hold on we have another clip to play you never know what's coming if you want to be one of the first graduates of this exciting degree program to ever burst upon the world of academia then now <laughs> is your chance for more information on this wonderful and Exciting new degree ever burst upon the world of ever burst upon the world burst upon the world of academia. (laughs) Then now is your chance for more information on this wonderful and exciting new degree path, as well as all of the other degree programs offered at Luter Wycliffe. Please go to their website at www.luterwycliffe.com and apply today 
for world-breaking news. I'm Pete, and good day. Uh, yeah, what, Lube, what place school is this? You should definitely go to this website right now. If I ever meet someone who introduces themselves as Dr. Whatever, mm-hmm. and it's because they have a doctorate in eschatology... eschatology. I will punch them in the face. <laughs> and it will not be a hate crime. It's an unpunched eschatologist. Right? The funny thing is, is when I was on my way here, I was going by a church and the said that the pastor was Dr. So-and-so. And I'm going, like, that doctor makes it better. It's a do- he, Like, his doctorate's not going to be in physiology or archaeology. It's something I would accept. It's going to be in theology. It always is. Oh, I have a doctorate in, in Lord of theoretical the physics. That's yeah. why I teach down at... John's first church on on Maine and a th- Fremont. A theoretical physicist wouldn't walk into that place. <laughs> Something I don't understand about higher education, I guess, is that so you've got private universities, public universities, you've got PhD, right? These are yep. programs you have in both of these institutions. So I don't have any problem with a private university offering any kind of degree they want, right? Whatever. But who determines what qualifies as a phd right or qualifies as a jd or an, oh. uh, an ma or an mb right like, it is uh, partially the difficulty in the end product of that education and the length of time it takes to complete it if you have a master ma or master's in arts you have a liberal arts degree of some kind that was at least a very long research paper plus one to two years of after your bachelor's i get that but who did like but what there, body what body there's determines an, there's that? An, oh, what accrediting body yeah what? there are okay. several accrediting bodies appo- both national and, and regional and who appoints these people i'm just curious i have no idea okay sorry i'm get, getting a little off kilter here and we are only two minutes to red light uh, thanks for listening to the docket part of the show and the podcast part of the show <laughs> if you're listening live hang out for a minute mm. if you're listening to this on the podcast version of the show that's fine like i don't know smash that subscribe button or go find the link and use an rss podcatcher because that's like the real business because nobody can shut us down um this has been the regular part of the plex we got the good shit uh going on for red light um i'm producer dave you can find me on grinder who are you ma'am uh, this is the Good Wife. You can find me on uh, Twitter, Eplex Good Wife. And this is Teacher Allison. You can find me in real life. Hmm. I'm HK Perrin. You can find me on Twitter at HK Perrin. This is the Councilman. I'm right behind you.
Your mind, mind, mind plays tricks.